Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Folge and welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Joe McNamara, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Rob of Ireland. Hello, Stu of Limerick. <laughs> Stu, Stu, of, uh, Stu of Dora Doyle, maybe. <laughs> Raheen. Uh, oh, yeah, you're in Raheen when you want to be, is that? <laughs> <laughs> in the posh parts, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Is it, is it like like in Dublin, you know, it's like, oh, you're living in Ballyfermot or Chapel Lizard, you know, which which side of the road do you want? <laughs> yeah. Mean? So how are you, Rob, on this wonderful Irish day? I love what is it, sixteen degrees and sunny? That's uh, something like that. Well, still, I spent the entire morning doing uh, college stuff. I did a presentation and a bunch of other things. I've only just got out of it a couple of minutes ago. Um, at time of recording, well, it's good, good to be done. That anyway, I can imagine it is. Got more We're right into the now. real work, Rob. Podcasting. Yeah, well, it's a nice just to take a break for a bit. I mean, well, I've been on Zoom and, you know, pretty much all morning and uh, did did a presentation about, you know, pensions, pension scheme supervision. Um, you know, prudential supervision is too. The most exciting stuff. Well, uh, I don't and uh, I won't need to know until I'm about 60. Perfect. Come back to me then. I, I look after you. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's all good. So this week, Prenigly Irish, it's kind of a special anniversary here in Ireland, Rob. Uh, I don't know if you you know this, but about 105 years ago, it was actually, I believe, Easter Monday. It is, yeah. It's actually the, you see, this is the, the thing that we always do, the commemoration of the Easter Rising, not on the date of the actual thing, but on whenever Easter falls in that year. So I, I think for the 100th anniversary in, 19, in 2016, they actually didn't hold it at the right time because Easter actually fell, I think, comparatively early that year, didn't it? So, or was it... It jumps around so much, I can't even tell yeah, anymore. So like it's, but the yeah. main point is that today, the 24th of April, when we're recording this, is actually the day that the Easter Rising Started. began. Yeah, that's it. Which uh kind of a pivotal moment in Irish life, society, everything. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think as we, we we talked about this in as he you know the Michael Collins movie and a few other bits, and we talked about you know our struggle for independence and all that. But yeah, it's really when we kind of kickstarted the the independence movement, I suppose. Not to say that we hadn't been rebelling against the British rule for you know centuries, but nineteen sixteen kind of marks the point yeah. where things kind of shift over, and it goes very rapidly then from you know that people people are being very against it like the execution of the leaders a sudden very uh, swift move in public opinion uh Sinn Féin starting to win by-elections the Sinn Féin you know taking all the seats in practically all the seats in the 1918 um election generally British general election in Ireland wiping out the the Irish parliamentary party you wanted to do things a democratic way and you know then saying like well we're not going to go to take our seats in Westminster we're going to set up our own parliament in Dublin called Dáil Éireann and then rapidly turning into the war of independence and then our civil war. And, you know, that's the, you, 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 you get, you get very quickly to it. So yeah, it, it's certainly a very important date to remember. Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing about it is that it was a complete shambles. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about it today, like it was the, the turning point 
in our war for independence but really like the the what was it six seven days that it went on was abominable i mean the people of dublin really didn't care for it and uh you know they were more annoyed than anything i know um one of the leaders from out of dublin basically called it off yeah. and so there were less less volunteers actually showed up but it was really the the 16 executed leaders at the end that kind of turned the tide when people were like oh hang on this is bullshit we want our independence it is now. you see it, it, it's, it's it's quite I, I won't go into the full story of it now maybe we'll, we'll save that for another day and there's, there's really far better podcasts and things for for if you want a, a, a stronger historical kind of sense of it but to sum it up yeah a bit, bit farcical it didn't really go to plan they had to cancel um, basically most of it was supposed to be a much larger group of people the Irish volunteers along with the Irish Citizens Army coming a man and the Irish Republican Brotherhood the IRB kind of supervising aspects of it but to make a very long story short the volunteers were told to call off their manoeuvres on Easter Sunday so the rising basically didn't happen outside of Dublin a little bit in Galway and very small bits in other parts but like in in Limerick where we're from it, it basically didn't happen a bunch of people turned up and they were basically chased off by the wives and mothers of people who were fighting for the British Army in World War One. And they even in my own family. Uh, my great grandfather was in the Royal Navy. I actually have a picture of the the ship he was on, the HMS Ocean, up on my wall uh, while it was being sunk uh, off 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 of the coast of Turkey. He survives. Do you be delighted to hear? Um, I I, I can't, well, I, strong swimmers to cross. But he was he was a judge, uh, not a not a cross. Um, actually, actually used his uh, mother's maiden name because he had to lie about his age. So uh, it's it's a bit tricky to find the record. Oh, right. His brother Christie wasn't so lucky. He decided to, uh, like our grandfather George went down to Cove. He joined the Royal Navy. His brother Christie also lied about his age and decided to go to. He joined the Royal Munster Fusiliers in the British Army. Didn't work out too well because he was sent to the Saum and, well, they were told to go over the top in a gas attack and he's one of the nameless Irish dead in a big, you know, mass grave there, unfortunately. So that's that's quite sad. But, uh, yeah, but it, it does kind of get the point across that a lot of people, you know, were fighting for in the British Army at the time who were Irish and, you know, it was seen as kind of a stepping stone that... Uh, Redmond, who was the leader of the, the Irish Parliamentary Party... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of the... the iffy things about it that they decided to do it during world war one i mean like strategically i can get it but at the same time with the war that was going on was it a good idea bad idea i know when a lot of irish people who fought in world war one came back they were kind of you know shunned a bit for fighting for the brits in it you know it was a whole thing to it and i know not as much we were getting we were supposed to get german weapons as well but i think they stopped that ship and sank it on the way over here. So it like it makes the rising a little more iffy. If you want to see it, there's a good the, the Rubber Bandits Guide to 1916, I think, is actually quite a good summation of it if you're interested in seeing. Oh, I, yeah, I'd recommend looking good, that up on, on online if you can. It came out well 100th anniversary 19, in 2016, so I'd definitely give that a watch. You know, but yeah, it, it was scuppered in many regards, the rising, and there, there's lots of bits here. Like we could talk about it for hours, and you know, we wouldn't even be the most conclusive podcast on it. We're not a history podcast. We've definitely got a couple of th- other things lined up uh, where we're going to talk about it. Like there's um, a couple of shows myself and Steve have talked about where that are actually about the Easter Rising, both from a 
historical and less historically accurate perspective, which we which will <laughs> a bit of a comedic yeah, perspective. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. definitely we're definitely going to get to them. So I, I think we, we might leave the the, um, the biographies of some of the leaders and the, in, the specific ins and out from us for, for for a later date. But I suppose it, it, to give a brief a brief summaries, I could. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, they had a lot less people than they thought to to carry out the rising. It was really only in Dublin. Um, the, the local population were not too too happy with it. Basically, said their city is being destroyed by the rebels and the British, and um, so all their their sons and husbands were fighting for the British in World War One because the the Irish Parliamentary Party leaders and even the leaders of the Irish Volunteers um, had said fight for the British Army. It'll show how loyal we are, and they'll give us our Home Rule, which was actually approved right before World War One Home Rule to get our own Parliament here and have. A large day in our affairs. It was deferred. Yeah, it was paused. It was wasn't it? Yeah, they, it was the. It was passed in 1914, and it was the day. I think it was that in the Welsh Church Act, which is another funny one. Um, they were both passed on the same day, and they passed the laws that said, "Okay, because this this war thing in Europe seems to be getting a bit worse than we thought." Uh, basically, because they got dragged into it because of uh, the triple entente uh, deal that they had. Um, they said we'll have to hold off on this until the end of the of, of World War One. So it's it's always the kind of curious what if question. If um what if the war had been slightly delayed and we had our home rule, would things have kicked off in the way that they did? Because even after 1916, there were attempts to kind of get a, a political consensus. The the Buckingham Palace, um, I think it was there kind of course the king personally kind of got a bunch of people over from the side. Sinn Fein didn't take part, but. They hadn't got the foothold at that point, so they very nearly had an agreement actually in in um in London. Uh, I think in about nineteen seventeen, they they had like a, a, a moderate enough agreement between the Unionists and the Nationalists in in, in the South, and it, it, I think it was it was something to do with like they'd worked out a, a rough compromise, but then I think some of the more hardline Unionists got a bit of cold feet, and then one of the Nationalists actually died. I think is what it was. So. I think he was a priest or something and it, it, it just kind of fell apart. So, you know, pl- plenty of speculative uh, things about that. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're talking what if, I mean, the real one is what would have happened if, uh, was it Owen McNeil? He was, yeah. I think, hadn't called off the, the, the rest of the, the fighters, like the volunteers, you know, if they had had a full force taking over practically the whole country in whatever way they had planned I, you know, it could have gone a completely different way. I mean, they might have lost anyway, but maybe if they hadn't executed the leaders, uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have spurred on the rest of the Irish people to fight. Yeah. I mean, Rob, the, the biggest question is: what if they hadn't taken the Jacob's Biscuit Factory? <laughs> I mean, that's the most strategic location in Dublin. It did actually make sense at the time. I'm told to to take the Biscuit Factory. Yeah, I know yeah. it's just hilarious. I mean, you know, we're taking a cracker factory. <laughs> it's a big wheel down the cracker factory. <laughs> It's like we need we need to dry up the river, so we're going to dump all the Jacobs cream crackers in there. Maybe maybe Irish people like crackers, maybe they don't. Um, it's a market we could do without. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's just it, it like it just it's it's something that sounds funny. Like there, there there was a rebellion in Ireland, and we took over the biscuit factory. Sorry, now I'm just thinking of like uh, Millhouse's father, Kirk. Yeah, uh, you know, in, in the the IRA in 1916. Like, I, like, can I borrow a county? Oh God! But I think the most uh, well-known and important thing that happened—well, one of them anyway—during uh, the Easter Rising was the reading of the Proclamation yep. of Ireland, right. uh, which I have up here, and I will read out. So they marched onto the GPO, and outside it, Pierce. they yep. read 
Yeah, Audrey Pierce read out the proclamation. So the provisional government of the Irish Republic to the people of Ireland, Irish men and women in the name of God and of the dead generations from which she receives her old tradition of nationhood, Ireland, through us, summons her children to her flag and strikes for her freedom. Having organized and trained her manhood through her secret revolutionary organization, the Irish Republican Brotherhood, and through her open military organizations, the Irish Volunteers and the Irish Citizen Army, having patiently perfected her discipline, having resolutely waited for the right moment to reveal itself, she now seizes that moment and, supported by her exiled children in America and by gallant allies in Europe, but relying in the first on her own strength, she strikes in full confidence of victory. We declare the right of the people of Ireland to the ownership of Ireland and to the unfettered control of Irish destinies to be sovereign and indefeasible. The long usurpation of that right by a foreign people and government has not extinguished the right, nor can it ever be extinguished, except by the, by the destruction of the Irish people. In every generation, the Irish people have asserted their right to national freedom and sovereignty. Six times during the past 300 years, they have asserted it in arms, standing on that fundamental right and again asserting it in arms in the face of the world we hereby proclaim the irish republic as a sovereign independent state and we pledge our lives and the lives of our comrades in arms to the cause of its freedom of its welfare and of its exaltation among the nations the irish republic is entitled to and hereby claims the allegiance of every irish man and irish woman the republic guarantees religious and civil liberty and equal rights and equal opportunities to all its citizens and declares its resolve to pursue the happiness and prosperity of the whole nation and of all its parts, cherishing all the children of the nation equally and oblivious of the differences, carefully fostered by the alien government, which has divided a minority from the majority in the past. Until our arms have brought the opportune moment for the establishment of a permanent national government, representatives of the whole people of Ireland, and elected by the suffrages of all her men and women, the provisional government hereby constituted will administer the civil and military affairs of the Republic in trust for the people. We place the cause of the Irish Republic under the protection of the Most High God, whose blessing we invoke upon our arms, and we pray that no one who serves that cause will dishonour it by cowardice, inhumanity, or rapine. In his supreme hour, the Irish nation must, by its valour and its discipline and by the readiness of its children to sacrifice themselves for the common good prove itself worthy of the august destiny to which it is called and then it's signed by thomas j clark sean mcdermida ph pierce james Connolly, thomas mcdonough eamon kant and joseph plunkett yeah and those signatures so powerful yeah, stuff and those signatures they paid for their lives with um unfortunately but uh well yes. i suppose they they knew what they were doing when they signed it they all they all knew uh pierce spoke a lot about blood sacrifice to forming the republic and you know, there you go yeah i i think we'll um we'll we'll address that again at a later date in probably more detail oh yeah definitely like we'll definitely you know there's more east driving rising movies out there and stuff for us to to look at but you know like it's a powerful piece especially you know it's fairly progressive for something written in 1916 it's interesting you know making sure there's every irish man and irish woman equality for all no matter their differences things like that that you'd think they might be a little hesitant the parts of it war people in in 1916 war a lot more because like the irish citizens army under james Connolly, which were involved in the 
you know, the Labour movement, the, the Labour Party, the, they were in the strike and lockout in Dublin in 1913, which was a very big Labour movement, uh, the first kind of trade unionism in, in the country, really. And um, that was there as well. There were feminists involved in it as well, in addition to like the kind of Catholic nationalist, even Protestants as well were involved, who we were very much nationalistic. And that's something that kind of gets not addressed as much now because the country kind of went hardcore Catholic then when it was set up in the 1920s. And, you know, a lot of those other aspects were taken away, like they're weren't any female TDs after 1927 when um, uh, Countess Markovic uh, passed away, uh, no, let, let alone the cabinet minister until much later. And then, you know, you get abortion and divorce um, banned along with a contraception. It comes to a much more Catholic country and a lot less equal. So those aspects are certainly there in the proclamation. And it's, yeah, uh, I think yeah. I think it's taken a while, but we're getting closer to living up to the dream of what the proclamation actually had for the country, Hopefully. which I think is yeah. a good thing. Hopefully. Yeah, a lot more to say there. So I think we'll leave that somber subject now. Yeah, we we do and we will many, many times in the future. We'll jump into the TV show we watched for this week, which was Frank of Ireland. Um, I mean, an interesting show. And I think like we'll both just jump off and say it was bad. It was very, very bad. I, wasn't no, it, say, I only saw the first episode because, as I explained earlier, I just didn't have the time to be doing but I saw the very first one um, I know Steve you've watched the rest of it and I, I've gotten like a summation off of other people and I've read some reviews of it as well actually um, to, to give a bit of perspective but uh, so I can only speak directly from the first episode but I did not like it um, really thought it was not up to the standards I was expecting there were a couple of laughs in there I, I won't say I didn't laugh I didn't laugh at all but really, I didn't enjoy it. I, 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 I really didn't think it was. Yeah, good I mean, all. it was just kind of a mess, especially for something when, you know, it's Brendan Gleeson and it's his kids. You think they're going to come up with something, you know, revolutionary almost, pardon the pun, considering what we're talking about. But uh, it just it just wasn't. I mean, the, on IMDb there, the, the description, the plot synopsis is literally a 32 year old misanthropic musician named Frank lives in Dublin with his mother. That's all it says yeah. about the show. It was, I, I actually, uh, this came out, it, it was out in uh, Channel 4 here here in the UK and Ireland. And um, I was up, but I, Donald Leeson, who, who's, who's in it, he plays what Doofus, um, and his brother, Brian, uh, Brian yeah. Leeson is playing the main character, Frank. And, you know, so he was on the Off Menu podcast, another fine podcast to recommend where they like, review a dream menu, Donald Leeson was. Uh, when uh, last Wednesday, the day before the show came out and uh, was promoting it, I was myself and my girlfriend both listened to that and we were like, oh, it's on and it's, it's right on after our favorite show, Taskmaster, on, on Channel 4. So I was like, oh, yeah, we'll give it a watch. Um, even thinking this might be something for the show. We were right. But um, yeah, I, I with all the hype, and yeah, the, with all the, the best way. and kind of hype for it, it, it uh, cause I was thinking, okay, this is potential. Like they've, they've done some uh, stuff that they've done. They don't listen to a fantastic actor, like, you know, from Star Wars and my girlfriend's favorite film, High Clo, uh, About Time, which actually isn't a bad film. I quite, quite like it as well. And yeah, many other things they've done. Breen Gleason as well. He's um he's done a fair few things as well, Stu, hasn't he? He was in Love Hate, I know that, and uh, which was a show in Ireland. And yeah, he's been uh, in bits and bobs throughout. He was in Peaky yeah, Blinders yeah. and Hellboy. He played Merlin, yeah. apparently. Um, so like, so no, they they know what they're doing. They've written scripts before. Uh, actually, some of some of with their other brother, <laughs> um, very very talented family, and yeah. they did a very acclaimed play um in Dublin with their father. Actually, I can't. I don't know if it was the cripple of Inishree. I I might be I'm sorry, Inishman. I, I 
something of that nature, one of those types of plays. But they got rave reviews. So, yeah, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd expect something kind of half decent about this. But no, it, it, it just really didn't come together. It, it just seemed like it was... Yeah, yeah, I think it was trying to be like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where you have these people who are awful people, but you somehow root for them. And it just made them awful people. And you did not like them throughout the whole ep- the whole season. I don't know what it was, like just the poor writing. Uh, Frank is an arsehole. I mean, the the, the secondary character, Doofus. like his yeah. best friend is, is a man named Doofus. Like they couldn't think of anything smarter than Doofus. I don't think there's anyone on the face of this fucking planet whose name is Doofus. But that's what they chose because it's somehow funny. It was like they all got very high <laughs> and wrote a show and it was piss. It was really bad. I mean, I, I, you know, I've watched every episode, Rob, and I'll go through some of it with you. But ridiculous shit. To say on the doofus thing, because I didn't know, I haven't seen all of them, like I said, I've read some reviews, but on the off menu pod, uh, Don Gleason was talking about his character briefly, like doofus. And I think he just said, they just kind of, it was like the placeholder name they were using when they were first writing it, and they just thought it was funny, so they kept it. Um, And I think that's just a. That yeah, but that doesn't lazy. make it good. No, no, I'm just, I'm just explaining that's what he said the reasoning behind it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, like, I, mean, I, I don't know. Even, you know, when I was watching it, initially, I thought that that uh frank and doofus were brothers yeah but then like they're just best friends like it's like in the second episode you realize like he goes over to to doofus's house and it's like he has his own parents living there and it's just like what's happening i thought they were brothers the whole time Yeah, maybe it's just because the actors are, but like, I don't mind that so much, but because they, like, they looked, you know, it's just clarity. They, they look kind of slightly different enough that you'd, you'd get away with it, I guess. But yeah, but you know, you want, you want it to be obvious that they're not brothers, considering the, the, the real life actors are brothers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you could have just got him to dye his hair or something like that. <laughs> anything, anything. Absolutely anything. Yeah, but uh, it, it just, um, like the very first episode, the first bit in it, like your man um, uh, Frank is in bed with like his ex girlfriend who he's slept with again after he he pulled her to her her nana's funeral. Was it or she just found out? No, sorry, the funeral's at the end of the episode. She just found out her nana was dead yeah. and she went on the tear, and he pulled her and brought her back and it's like, all right. So okay, it's a moment like going okay, interesting premise. I it, it's it's going for something here. Then then the, 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 I actually did think the first bit was a little bit funny, where it's like she's seeing a doctor and then he's going, "Is it anything serious?" Obviously, he thinks it's uh, yes, yeah. he's sick, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm seeing a doctor," and then he's like, "I have to get checked." See that that was like it's an old stale joke, but it was presented quite well, and I was kind of going, "All yeah, right, I mean, this has know, a bit of potential. Right, yeah. This has a bit of potential." Then it went. I have been a bit. Then, then I have been it. a bit aggressive on it, Rob. But like, there were moments of funniness in there. I mean, there was one in one of the later episodes, I think it was, where uh, Frank and Doofus actually decide to try learning MMA to to yeah. get back at your man. But what is it? He gets Doofus to call up the MMA place. Yeah. And so they go there and your one is like, you said you've, you've done a bit of sparring before. It's like, Doofus goes, oh yeah, I worked in a spar for a while. That was, I see, that was actually quite funny. I, I think that, I did laugh at that. Like, I thought yeah, the, bit, the bit like is, that the first episode isn't that bad, I, I suppose, for a couple of laughs. Uh, like the bit where like he goes out with the MMA instructor that night and they go on the tear and like drop a few pills and, you know, have have a bit of booze and fucking break into a shop and rob wine. I just think the bit where like they, they break up into a mug and she's like beating the crap out of this guy with her heels on. It's just quite funny. <laughs> 
just that image. I'm sorry, but you know, over, overall, the, the episode wasn't great. I think I think the bit at the end with the funeral, like where he's singing the song and hasn't prepared because he's been up on like booze, and that was absolutely painful to watch. It was just incredibly cringy and unfunny. Like I, I, somebody was like, oh, I was like somebody was like, oh, I was like dying laughing at that. I was like, why? It was just painful to watch. Like it's not funny. Like he, he doesn't have anything. Yeah, it's that Finnegan. cringe comedy. I hate that. That they don't really get right. Yeah, I don't like that uh, at all. I, I've never liked cringe comedy at all. Um, like things like the in betweeners. I didn't mind that so much because those really cringy bits were kind of few and far but between. Even with but that, even the with the likes of the in betweeners, it makes sense. Yeah. for the characters, like they're teenagers, they're going to get up to stupid shit like that. They're going to get in, into cringy situations. But this is a thirty-two-year-old man. Can I get back to the premise of like when Donald was doing the thing? He, he said that like Brian, uh, sorry, um, Frank. I, I try, I try to use the character's name. Yeah. So I got confused there. Um, Frank, the character, uh, was described by Donald, the actor, <laughs> um, as being like thirty-two-year-old man with the mind of a ten-year-old, and then he, his character, Doofus. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. was his best friend who has the mind of a five-year-old and i guess that comes across but it's just a bit it, it just doesn't work for me like i i think like what he just seems a bit too stupid and not in like um yeah charmony like, funny way he just seems like you know i mean he's just a bit like thick, it's like. not funny enough for him to act that way it, it, it's like I, I don't know if you've seen much of it's always sunny but like i've never those characters <laughs> they're terrible people but you, you like you can like you see their mentality and it shows you why they're so bad. He's just kind of ignorantly bad, whereas they can be like malicious and that makes more sense. I mean, you know, I'll tell you one thing that confused me. The the last episode, episode six, uh, Frank's father comes into it, who surprise, surprise is Brendan Gleeson. Um, okay. And so it's like the, the premise is that he's the exact same as Frank, except, you know, much older. He has his own doofus uh, who's played by uh, Ned. What's his name? I have forgotten Ned it again already. Ned Dennehy. Yeah. So he plays kind of the doofus char- character for uh, Brendan Gleeson's version of Frank. Uh, and so, you know, they're kind of uh, trying to get better in the episode because Frank's father, Brendan Gleeson, is always like going back to his mother sleeping with her for a while and you know they have great times and then he runs off again and so it's similar to to frank and is it anya they have that yeah. similar kind of you know on again off again shit all the time 
but you know it's like Frank can't drive so they try to teach him how to drive uh, they find out that the father can't drive uh, then they both le- try to learn to cycle and Frank eventually learns to cycle um, but like the end of the episode you realise that it's actually episode zero because in that episode you know he's trying to get better and you know he's learning from his mistakes he gets a job in uh, in the shop a shop yeah. for a bit um but at like near the end of the episode he's writing on his hand don't sleep with anya and then yeah. she comes to the door and says that her grandmother just died and then they sleep together so it's, oh, it's so- literally episode zero as oh. episode six so wait so it's at like did her other nana die or is this just the episode one is starting it's just a loop is it i think yeah i think it's i think it's meant to be a loop i think episode six okay. is episode zero where you start there right. and because of course still we studied uh, science in college so we, we know that you start counting at zero i don't know i don't know it was it was weird i think they just wanted to have brendan gleason in at the end but he's there i think like if you're if you're selling it for this you, you want him in but yeah I, I don't know like i don't know what they were really kind of going for here and like i said i haven't seen the full one but you, you have Steve, and you seem to have reacted very strongly to it that you, you, you weren't a fan of it but I, like if it turns out the opening episode making me want to get back in and watching it absolutely not i i, I, I that didn't work at all i don't no. I, i'd be i'd be i said to my girlfriend like I, I was like i would hope it gets better from here which i think isn't the impression that the first episode of a show should give you if you think well it can't be as bad as that um oh yeah first I mean, episode you know i watched you two hours of the show which is the entire thing and i have three things written down in my notes yep. The first one is the sparring thing, which I thought that, was, that was a funny. pretty funny joke. Another one that I don't think we've actually seen before is Anya is consistently drinking TK Red Lemonade, which we both know is uniquely Irish. Yeah, very much. So. Uh, I don't think you can get it anywhere else. Yep. It's I don't even know what, what you describe it tasting like. It was invented by my uh, girlfriend's uh, oh. uncle. It wasn't. She just, she's going to hate. E.K. She's, O'Reilly. <laughs> no, she's just, no, no, it wasn't. She's just going to kill, kill me for saying <laughs> I know. In fairness, T.K. O'Reilly is is a cracking name for like a, an old timey business tycoon. Oh, I mean, T.K. O'Reilly that'd be a great name for like a, a wrestler, like a, the T.K.O. <laughs> technical knockout. And the other one, uh, I think, in episode three, um, what is it? Frank is trying to become better friends with Anya's new fella, the Doctor, yeah. and so Doofus is feeling upset. So it's like they decide to go on the Dublin Viking tour oh, yeah. with the, uh, you know, the, yes. the fucking, the water cars. It's like, oh, like, it's, I love that. like it's, it's funny, but it's such a stupid thing that Dublin has. Oh, that's great. That they have these, you know, boat cars that'll take you around on a, a tour of all the Viking spots in Dublin. They have one in London as well. I didn't go on it. This was in 2003 when I was first in London. It could very well no longer exist. I suspect it may not. But they, we were on um, a boat thing a boat tour going up to thames and thames anyway yeah yeah the the river in london and um we we saw one of these um ones whether the boat was go go down the ramp go into the water and driving that i don't know if it's even like a viking thing there like i'm sure i'm not sure if london is strictly a viking city maybe it is i would have thought roman originally but anyway but there are there are ones in other places but it's uh, it was it was i've never actually been on the one in dublin i've just seen it a bunch of times but uh it, it, it it stops around the corner from where i work in dublin so i i, I generally would pass it of a, a lunchtime down by yeah Green, um, so i suppose i'll run through the, the rest of the episodes just kind of i'll give you oh, the yeah. what it give says the in the imdb kind of bio for each episode so episode two is called james can't with two yeah. a's for some reason with mary bed bound that- for the day frank and doofus drug her with sleeping pills so they can complete their chores in peace but in trying to nurse her back to health 
have they killed her in the process? And will Frank complete his chores? So, right, this episode was, let's say, interesting. So it starts off, he uh, Frank's like on the phone to Anya and he's talking about his mother. His mother's like collapsed outside in the garden and he has not done anything. He hasn't touched her. Like she's just left there for like a half an hour. He he okay. calls over, you know, uh, your man, the doctor, to to take a look and they get her inside and it's like, oh, she needs rest. So you'll have to do all the chores today, Frank. And so, of course, he starts like, we're going to need to leave the house we can't have her trying to wander off because I think she's the, she's trying to go on a Tinder date, which turns oh, out to be with uh with that with uh, that fellow you you pointed out in the the pre-show chat, Sean Og Cairns. He's oh, the like some uh, country singer. Yeah, yeah. He, like that. Like that's the kind of the joke. He, they get to a bar later on, trying to find his mother disappears after they've come back from a bit of their some, from their chores, and so they go to find your man that she was going on a Tinder date with. And at first in the bar, like he's, you know, cowboy hat on in the shadows, singing a song and it's a beautiful song, you know, it sounds really well. And then they like go over to him and it's like this fucking, what is he? 20 year old, 24 year old lad. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's a bit creepy. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, she's robbing from the cradle. So yeah, something like that. But you know, it's like, they think that she's wandered off half drugged and then she like collapsed somewhere in the street Turns out that she just rolled over in the bed and she was like down one side against the wall and stuck there. Oh, but like one thing that, and I, I hate this in a lot of things. At some point in the episode, Frank purchases a dog with the money that his mother gives him to do the chores for the day. Yeah. And they use the dog, they try to get the dog to help uh, find the mother and stuff throughout the episode. At the end of the episode, they're like, you're free now. And they, they let the dog out um, in the garden in the front and the dog wanders into the road. And then a truck comes and runs it over. Hilarious. This is the kind of stuff we want to see. Oh, it's terrible. Like, it's like, how are we supposed to to like Frank in any way when he's just let a dog walk into the road and get killed? I just say the episode titles do James Can't. It's a play on the actor James Can with the two A's. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, Sonny. I I think you mentioned that last week, actually. Um, he's, He's actually in a, it's a film we're actually going to review at some point. I can't remember that he plays like this, um, Irish American, like his mother is from Ireland. She's had a stroke, and then he's gone back to Ireland to find out about his father and her, so can like tell her about it and things like that. What I can't remember what that's called for the life of me, but it's it's a really good film actually. It's got like uh, a load of crap in it, and it's 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 actually quite funny in parts, but and charming and sad. So uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, um, I suppose that's his. Yeah, I like. There. I'll quickly go down through the rest of them because. There's so much nonsense that goes through. So episode three, then we need to talk about Kevin Costner. Frank Adufa set out to expose PB, that's the doctor fella, as the yoked up party boy that Frank's sure he is. But while collecting evidence against him, Frank starts to (laughs) fall under his swell or spell. Uh, Will PB become his new bestie? Is this the end for Frank and Doofus? So yeah, this one is like they they show how uh, the doctor PB is like really cool and he does archery and, you know, he drinks fancy whiskey and stuff. And like, you know, it's just more more shitty humor that they have literally because at one point they decide they're going to, you know, do the old classic prank of lighting a a bag of dog shite uh, on his front porch. And so what happens is Doofus brings out a bag Doofus brings out a bag it's a plastic clear oh bag God. with milk with watery shit in it <laughs> and it's like, and it's, and it's like I couldn't get any dog shit this is Doofus shit and I couldn't put it in a paper bag because it kept soaking through that literally the, like that's almost verbatim from the show it's it's rotten disgusting <laughs> shit not even not even in a funny way 
that's just that just sounds terrible. Like, yeah, that's yeah, not like, funny. Like, it turns uh, out, he, like, he become he he really starts liking PB, and so he actually and PB at one point gets langers on wine and actually tells Frank that he is riding all around him, but then he lies to on then Frank lies to Anya because he likes the PB fella too much. <laughs> and I think at the end of that episode, yeah. PB okay. proposes to oh, her Jesus. and she says oh, yes. God. It's ridiculous shit. Yeah, well, I guess that's... There's at least a semblance of something interesting there, like with the whole he knows she's cheating. I, I presume the next episode he's like going to break up the wedding or something like that, is it? No, absolutely not. Like, uh, throughout like the next two episodes, they're kind of arguing and back and forth and stuff. And I, I think in the episode five, which is technically the last episode of the season, because episode six is episode zero, uh, they break up in a weird way... Um, his mo- uh, Frank's mother Mary wants to sell the house and move off somewhere else because it's too expensive or something. So he like gets the spare key from Anya and locks all the doors in- with him inside. And Doofus and Nicola, who's the MMA one that he had a date with in the first episode, but Doofus was on a date with her in this episode. Mary had also had like some like French foreign exchange student stay there, who's like really ripped. And so the MMA girl starts riding him while Doofus is still like there in the house. Pretty sad. Um, but in the end, Anya gets very drunk, puts on Frank's mother's dr- uh, wedding dress and Frank eventually lights the house on fire and it starts burning down. And so at one point, uh, PB do- like, doesn't go in to save Anya because she like gets, gets hit in the head or something while they're all escaping. And Frank goes in. But then he he decides to go for his uh, guitar hero set before he finds Anya. And then Anya makes her way outside and then has to go back in and save Frank. And that's kind of pretty much the end of the episode. And like at one point, they're like watching the house burn. It's like, I think PB goes, should we call the, the fire department? And Frank just goes, no, let it burn. And then the mother's like, what are you talking about? Call the fucking fire department. <laughs> it's only like there are like elements there that could be done. Maybe it's yeah, I'm just such a comedic genius that I'm making was, I don't know. something so bad funny. <laughs> All right. So you, you light the house on fire and we'll make comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, fair. I, I will say like briefly, they, they shot it up in, in Manahide, which is in North County, Dublin. Uh, actually a genuinely beautiful part of oh, yeah. Ireland. I mean, you see some um, of the, the some of the locations actually are beautiful. I know I normally harp on about it in other shows, and I didn't say anything here, but some of the sl- the the spots that they're recording are wonderful. It's one of my favorite uh, train journeys is to go up past uh, Malahide up the causeway. If you're if you're going over from Dublin, Dublin to Belfast on the train. Um, you 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 get uh, such beautiful views of the coast and everything up around there. No, Rob, uh, would highly, highly you, you mentioned trains again this week. Just has me in mind of bringing back an old game that I used to have called Rob Bingo, and uh, I let the viewers know because it's just you know there's always those few that I could tick off on a list on one of these podcasts because yeah. uh, you, you love your stories. I do, and I made a, a bingo board with various stories, and it was at a an event we were at. Everyone had a good time. It was just. I think I could do it for the podcast. Like, like drink a shot every time Rob mentions his girlfriend. Take drink a shot every time Rob uh, mentions trains <laughs> or wrestling. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, it's, no, it's like I'm, I'm slowly turning this podcast into a train podcast without you realizing. It's just like it's good. It's going to start like we'll just have to about Irish trains, and then it'll be like you know, and we'll include Northern Ireland. And then it's about well, there's other train like boat train you get to the UK, and then gradually it's just going to be like, hello, welcome to chugging Blarney with the you know your conductor Rob Cross, and we have the the coal man Stu Mac. You know, <laughs> so Stu, what's in the signal? In the news I, I today? think what's, in this situation, Rob, you're going to find me. They're going to find me tied to. A railroad run over by a train. 
<laughs> we see it with me there, like uh, you're cackling maniacally with a big mustache and a hat on. <laughs> no one can save you now, Mister Mustache. Yeah, <laughs> and like the other guys come in the opposite direction. <laughs> the last episode to talk about is episode four, titled "A Good Few Angry Women," where they're doing a, a local production, and instead of twelve angry men, it's twelve angry women. Um, exist, yeah. Not much happens in this. Was this? Frank and Doofus were asked, I think it's uh, Pat Short's character who's like running the, the production. And he asked Frank and Doofus to, to make the music for it. Frank said it was beneath him. So Doofus did it all. But then Frank realizes that everyone really loves Doofus's music. So he he comes in there, writes 11 out of the 12 songs and they're all shite. But the last one, apparently, that Doofus plays at the end is brilliant. But uh, Frank tr- basically tries to sabotage it throughout. Nicola, the MMA girl, she's like the stunt coordinator. And so they have all of these old women and Pat Short's like set on them all doing their own stunts Jesus. in this. So he she's like hip throwing them in in a, in you know the the dress rehearsal and stuff and like they're all getting injured like they're you know we like we're running out of women we're down to eight women and and shit like that but uh Frank like switches out one of the 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 breakaway chairs oh, for Christ. a real chair and the singer who is supposed to to sing the the song with Doofus playing at the end gets a, a proper chair into the face and so she's like knocked out it's, it's a Another weird episode. It all like takes place in the church, really, and in the end, it's a disaster because Anya is like trying to get in as the the singer for the end, but they all think she's shite, even PB, and so they they let her go up at the end because everyone else is just, uh, you know, broken bones or can't do it for whatever reason, and it's shite. And Frank comes out to say a few words, and then Nicola just like beats him up, and then everyone claps. Not much else happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think kinda, I'm going to have to give yeah. this one a crack of shite, surprisingly. Uh, I think the only surprising part about the, the show was that we got to see Pat Short's ass, unless they got a stunt double in <laughs> for that. Stunt uh, that was something that I, I was never expecting to see in my life. Yeah. I, no, I was never expecting to see Pat Short's ass, but now I have. So, you know, there's one more to take off the bucket list. Uh, you know, as I said, unfunny, like it had m- moments, there were actual moments of funniness that I've mentioned, but overall, you just, you don't get behind Frank in any way. There's no hook that even though he's a bad person, you still root for him. You just don't. You just want him to to suffer, which I suppose could be a thing in its own way, a bit of schadenfreude watching him, uh, you know, get in trouble and not get out of it and, and suffer the consequences. But it just, it doesn't go anywhere, especially when you watch the last episode where it's episode zero and he's like, he's really trying to change. You know, he gets a job in shop a shop. He's learning to cycle. Uh, you know, he's, he's trying to learn to drive. He wants to be better than his father. And he doesn't want to be in that repeating cycle of sleeping with Anya. But then you realize that rather than this being the last episode, and so the next season, he will be trying to get better. It's actually episode zero. And so everything we've seen so far is proof that he has not gotten better in any fucking way. Yes, absolutely pointless. Well, from the first episode I've seen, I would say Crock is shy. I didn't enjoy it at all. Like I said, the basic premise of a pilot episode, a first episode is, oh, this was good. I'd like to watch the rest of it. If it fails to do that, then it it hasn't succeeded. Um, Didn't like most of the humor, barring the odd good joke. Nothing really wrong with the acting, I guess. It's just... um, I think the writing is is the main issue here. Like, you know, Doofus is just such a stupid character. You know, 
Frank is just so uninteresting, unmotivated. I can't get behind him in any way. I'm not rooting for him. The comedies are like so cringe based and things like that and just stupid that it's just not it's just not something I find fun. Like I some of the reviews I've read and things like this, like some people did kinda like it and some people did really like it, but I guess it's just not for me. Like a lot of this comedy is just not something I would watch or find funny. Like it just isn't. Um, I'm far more interested in the snooker that's on today than I would be at watching the rest of this, if I'm brutally honest. So, you know, that's the there's another <laughs> one for your bingo cards, too. Um, I, I'd, I'd much rather watch that. And I was this morning briefly. So, yeah. So 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 there you go. Um, uh, crock of shite. Would, would, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't I mean, recommend Stu. Yeah, wouldn't recommend. especially for the the caliber of actor that they have. I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of, of Brendan Gleeson, obviously Donald Gleeson as well, and a few others in there, and they're fantastic yeah. actors. They're just given nothing to work with, really. I, I think that's it. Like, I think if you had gotten these people together, and so I guess some of them are like actors and some are comedians, so it's it's a bit different. But like, let them riff off each other for a bit. You might get something. Like, I, I've seen enough of Pat Short's kind of comedy back in the days, Unbelievable, and even his solo thing in Killing a Scully. That I think if you let him like riff off of Donald Gleeson for a while, you'd probably get something quite good, you know. But I don't know. It it just wasn't here. And like I I I the the the, the person that will absolutely defend the most something that's so bad it's good. Like I think Dead Meat is arguably a masterpiece. Um, of of oh, yeah. virus cinema. But you know this is and this is something I've said before on, on this show. Like some things are so shite that they can't be so bad they're good because there's there's got to be some level of good there. And there is a small level of good here with Frank of Ireland, like the odd good joke, but. It's not like if the production was worse and it was like made in a smaller budget, you know, by a bunch of secondary school students. Yeah, then maybe it might go the other direction a little bit. But, you know, it, it's too polished. You know, like you you, tell, you, you can't polish a, ter- a turd. This is your prime example of that, I think. It just like unless they like do series two and it's amazing but i if this gets renewed for a second series i'd be shocked quite frankly i you know do do not watch i mean it the thing is it's amazon prime i think so they'll probably just throw more money at it anyway and you know obviously we being a, a an irish-based podcast we have opinions based on where we're from and so for a lot of people in other countries they might enjoy it and seem to have i mean the ep, like it's gotten good reviews on imdb i mean None of the episodes are below a seven star rating. Uh, I think the highest is eight point six. Really? Now, I've reviews I read were like in like Irish newspapers and like Irish media sites by like professional critics. So I I I just kind of got a general gist on online as well, uh, and like on Twitter when the episodes went out. So like I I I don't know. Maybe it's more like. I, I just like from an Irish perspective, I, I, I don't think it's represented the Irish comedy um, strictly. Yeah. And from a poor. general critical perspective, I just don't think it was very good. Like it's a like, main point of a comedy series is to make you laugh. This didn't make me laugh nearly as much, you know, um, it's like it's not hit and miss as well. Like you can have yeah. hit and miss comedy where there's things that deliberately aren't designed to make you you, you laugh, you know, that's because that's the whole point of it. Like the Mitchell and Webb look, for example, that's hit and miss comedy because like there's some bits in there where you're it's designed like it's it's presented in the same way as the comedy bits but you're not supposed to really find it funny so that like it enhances the bits that are funny but at the same time some people like like anti-jokes or like the anti-climax and will laugh at that out of you know 
because that's what they find. Or some people will get like a really obscure joke in it or find humor in it in, in a way that's perhaps less obvious. So it, it still works. But this isn't hit and miss because it's designed to just make you laugh along with it. But when that doesn't happen, then it's failed its job because if like first episode laughed at the first bit you know, where they're in bed together, then the bit where his mother coming in, that that's not funny. It doesn't get funny again until the whole sparring joke. And that's like much later in the episode. That's like 10 minutes later. So like you're going like, I don't care about his obsession with Taxi Driver. Good film, don't get me wrong. Slightly hasn't aged as well as it perhaps could have. And like him constantly quoting that to taxi drivers and things, to, you know, a, a, a la, like, oh, he's quoting Taxi Driver to a taxi driver. I bet they've never heard that before. And it's just like, yeah. that's not really funny if you do the same joke. And then the whole time we're then the, the, there's always sirens that go past in the first episode when he's doing that to the taxi drivers and it's just a kind of like oh it's funny because they can't hear it's like that's not really fun. like if you had him talking about something serious there to the tax or like having a heart to heart and then the sirens went by maybe you could do something with that but this just isn't funny and they do the same joke twice in the same episode in the same context with this like stop you're, you're flogging a dead horse at this point you're, you're making it worse you know yeah yeah interesting really fell flat where it could have been good but next week we'll be doing something else that is probably going to be terrible as well as i mentioned last week the hallmark channels as luck would have it this this has potential to be like you know so bad it's good and that's what i like yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll see what that's like and hopefully it, it's marginally better than the fair we've had uh for this week bring us to a close rob yeah well i've got a lot of college work between now and then so whoop dee whoop dee um, I ain't going to be watching this until like Saturday morning, I'd say next week. Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed it, um, uh, do tell a friend. That's a great way to spread this podcast. You know, um, thanks for the feedback we've been getting. Uh, if you'd like to contact us directly about either a movie episode or something, uh, an Irish character elsewhere that you'd like us maybe to review or just tell us what you thought about this or did you love Frank of Ireland? Are we completely wrong and you have to understand it in like a, a postmodern neo colonist context in America like you know we're, we're, we're just not educated enough to get the subtle nuances you know um, insert the copy paste to hear about Rick and Morty he's like oh you have to be, have a high intelligence to be fair to understand the subtle you know that, yeah, that one about Frank of Ireland I'll, I'll put it up on our Twitter later so you can reach us on Twitter at, at LarneyPod or you can email us at talkingblarneypod at gmail.com uh, for me it's goodbye Sloan and we'll see you next week